Welcome to the Sailorville Women's Podcast, where we want to help women grow in their walk with Christ, being rooted in God's Word and encouraging one another in the process. Welcome to the Sailorville Women's Podcast. This is Deb Blackman, and I'm here with Grace Clement. Hi. This month of March, we're looking at the characteristic of, of envy and all those other words that go with it, um, jealousy, Pinterest-worthy <laughs> kind of, of views, or the term that the Bible uses, covetousness. And all those words have different meanings, and we'll work our way through some of that. But whatever we label it, um, we're talking about that spiraling mindset that eventually comes out of our mouth that says, we want something, we need it, we deserve it, or something like that. Um, last week, Meredith Jackson and Jesse Miller shared some of their examples of what that looks like in the counseling office, and they just did a great job. Um, they gave us some tests to see um, you know, where we are at in our own hearts with, like I said, envy or jealousy or whatever we're going to call it. And a couple of the things that they mentioned were, am I obsessed with this? Am I willing to sin to obtain it? Do I hide things in order to cover up my tracks? And I thought it was really encouraging to have them circle around and talk about our identity in Christ. And that's where our satisfaction has to come. It's because of who Christ made us to be. So, um, Grace, let's start talking about all these different words and what yeah. they what they mean and how they're defined and how we're going to talk about them today and bring in some additional Bible passages. Um, let's do it. Let's do it. Well, um, I found a quote um, in my in my prep this week, and I just had to read it. It's Leslie Flynn. I have no idea who she is, but um, she said, the envious man feels others' fortunes are his misfortunes, their profit, his loss, their blessing, his bane, their health, his illness, their promotion, his demotion, their success, his failure. It's that, you know, wanting the worst for someone. But most of the time we probably wouldn't say it quite like that right right and then jealousy um from what i found maybe you found something different uh deb was um kind of protecting what what you already have and kind of jealously jealously wanting to keep something yeah i saw something similar and it was talking more about jealousy in addition to wanting to keep that you were hostile towards um the rival um there was yeah. something about um, there was another party involved and, and you were um, thinking ill on them. So yeah. God's word has a lot to say about a variety of those things. But one of the yeah. things I found that um, I thought was really interesting was he actually addresses it in the Ten Commandments. Um, yeah. That last commandment uh, reads um, in Exodus, Exodus um, like this. It says, you shall not covet your neighbor's house, you shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male servant or his female servant or his ox or his donkey or anything that is is your neighbor's. And I'll admit, I, I'm not envious or jealous of my neighbor's donkey. Yep, me um, neither. Nor their chickens. Uh, mine do have chickens, but I don't think I, I need those. No, <laughs> yeah. So, so some of those phrases and terms um, we probably can't exactly relate to today, but but just addressing it in our culture and looking yeah. at what their culture would have been like. I mean, these were the, thinking back as Bible students, these are the Israelites that had just come out of many decades, many generations of um, being in a land that was not their own and being around a lot of worship 
literal idol worship of yeah. a variety of gods. And so when they were pulled out of Egypt, Egypt by God's hand, and they were hearing the way that this God of theirs wanted them to worship him, the last thing that he was telling them was, don't covet. You've seen the other gods. They can do nothing. You, you've seen the, how other people live. They can do nothing. Um, worship me a different way. Don't don't covet. So that was the last of the Ten Commandments, and it feels kind of yeah. like an add-on, doesn't it? Kind of a yeah, it, you know. But it wasn't also, all the it others. seems like one of those respectable sins. You know, like ah. it doesn't seem like it should make the big list. You know, and in the New Testament, we see a lot of the same thing where you have envy listed amongst everything else you know, all, all the big hitters, murder and drunkenness and homosexuality and everything else, you know, it's just like looped in there. Oh, and envy, like, don't do that either. Ah, But I I think we have such a small view sometimes of, of the origin places of our sin, you know, and really so many things kind of can trace back to pride and envy. And then it spirals, like you said in your intro, like, all the way to even murder, you know it. Yeah, some of the stories in the Bible we see that, and yeah, and, um, when you were talking about it, the origin, there's the heart. Yeah, and that's where you know, as you look at the Ten Commandments, as you think about that tenth um, respectable sin commandment, it's probably the commandment that is at the base of these many of the other commandments that have a little yeah. more action to them, and that's what. Jesus was telling us in the New Testament as he was breaking down the Ten Commandments for the listeners in the New Testament, Mm -hmm. saying, you know, you say don't murder, but I say if you if there's lust in your heart, then you've already murdered. So he's he was immediately getting at what is the at the heart of some of our thoughts, and so. As we are talking today, and we're talking about envy and jealousy and covetousness, we're, we're really talking about what is at the heart of um, how we are trying to create our own kingdoms or, or queendoms or whatever, yeah. whatever we want to call it. Um, I think there was another person in the New Testament that mentions this specific commandment, which really surprised me as I was doing my prep for this. I'd forgotten Paul actually mentions this specific 10th commandment. And he's highlighting that he himself needed to understand that commandment to understand what a sinner he was, that he needed a savior. And I don't know, um, commentators were split on whether he was doing this before or after his own conversion, but, but let's stop and think about who this is. This is a guy that was a perfect Pharisee, perfect from outer appearances. Of course he wasn't going to do any of those other things. Right. He wasn't going to murder and, and do any of those other things you know, breaking of the law. Okay, yeah, your <laughs> grace is smirking because, okay, now we know Paul. <laughs> of course, he did do that, but he thought he, he was doing think, it. Yeah, he, he would think it was righteous. He was doing it for a righteous reason, he thought, when he was out tromping around the the hillside trying to get those uh, those Christians. But <laughs> um, he, was, he was a good look. Uh, he had a good look to his exterior, yep. And then he needed, in Romans 7, it says, if, I hadn't, if it had not been for the law, I would not have known sin. For I would not have known what it was to covet if the law had not said, you shall not covet. So again, it, it's back to the heart. He, he didn't realize it had to be down to his heart as Romans was, in Romans we discover that he had to 
um, he had to understand that, that there really was a heart issue all along. And yeah. it's partly because only you and God know if you're coveting. Yeah. Kind of the, the secret, the secret sins. Yeah. And really it's like self-righteousness, you know, it's like, I, I can put on this front that I'm all these things and I'm a great person. You know, like you're talking about Paul coveting is one of those things that's on the inside and you looking at a person you may not know, you know, and even, even in preparing personally, um, I was convicted in my own heart thinking, well, wait a minute, before I go getting on the air, (laughs) I don't want to be a hypocrite. And I had to, you know, have one of those conversations with a friend and, and come clean on that. Like I have, when I really think about it, I realize that I have been envious and jealous and those things have taken root in my own heart. And you would probably not know that by our interactions, but this is where my, my head and my heart is at. And I have to seek forgiveness for that. And, um, you know, it's, that's super humbling. (laughs) Absolutely. But it's also, it's refreshing to know, you know, the slate is clean. Yeah. You know, but. I think it gets back to, you know, you must have recognized, and and that's what we each have to recognize, that um, when we are envious or jealous, we're really saying, God, you, what you have supplied for me isn't enough. Right. And I know I had, I've had that happen many different times where God has had to humble me in my heart. And I had a situation at work um, several years ago where um, I, I had a, developed a general reputation for being pretty efficient in my areas. So my, I believe that. I, my areas ran pretty smoothly. But <clears throat> I had a particular area during a particular time that things were going, they couldn't have gone more south. Mm-hmm. The systems weren't working. The, there was personnel issues. I mean, our service levels were, they were really bad. It was just plain bad. And I was making bad business decisions kind of frantically. And yeah. um, I remember that um, at that same time, there was a movement afoot at my company. It was a very large downtown company. And they wanted to bring in um, a consultant somewhere in the company to try out some new <clears throat> methods. And what they wanted was they wanted to find kind of a very bad area <laughs> in order to make a very big improvement. Guess which area they oh, selected? <laughs> yeah, that was that couldn't have been more embarrassing. So I was actually envious of my past reputation, mm-hmm. and I was not acting in a in a God honoring way at all. Yep. And I was throwing shade on a whole bunch of different areas, saying, "But what about them? What about them?" Yeah. In the end, it all worked out really well. God knew what my needs, my personal needs, were even at work, but it. I, I was very humbled and um, and needed to confess. And at that same time, I was studying Psalm 23. And since that point in time, I've always loved Psalm 23. But that first line just comforts me so much. The Lord is my shepherd, and I have no unmet need. Yep. If there was a need that's not met, God would fill it right now. So yeah. all the way along, I can just, I can rest. I can just relax that was that was hard to do. Yeah. We don't often want just enough. No. You know, I even think about like um you know, the last time you get a raise or something and it's like, wow, that's really cool and then it's like how long until you think, 
I deserve more than this. Or you find out, oh, so-and-so's, you know, at this point, or you hear about someone else in a similar role or something. And it's like, man, that, that envy, that jealousy, like takes only a few seconds to really grab us. Right. And you were saying, um, um, earlier when, before we were starting something about social media, of course, social media yeah. kind of feeds that and just marketing in general, because isn't marketing, isn't yeah. the point you of marketing? This. Yeah. <laughs> well, and they try to create that gap. They try yeah. to let you, you know, they try to rub it in. I think mm-hmm. Satan was the first marketer. So, yeah. um, just trying to create that gap. And what I've discovered again, as I was preparing for this, I was also convicted because I realized there is one particular store Uh-oh. that markets to my heart like no other. <laughs> And it's the container store. Uh, I walk in there. I one time went in there just to get a tub to put my shoes in. And I came out realizing how I I had so many unmet needs that I wasn't sure how I was going to survive. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> my very neat closets weren't neat enough. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it, I, I think really, honestly, I, I am going to have to pray about whether I should be in a store like that, because it... That's really practical, though, because, yeah. you know, it's like Picker Nose is one of those places for me, which... Okay, wait, go that's slowly. A, that's what, a place, yeah. It is a place. The Picker Nose. Um, it's an antique-type place, and I don't know. I just go crazy in there. My eyes get the size of saucers, and I just want everything rusty and old, and <laughs> <laughs> I need to have it. It's a I good I want everything price. clean it's and plastic, sale. and you no. want everything rusty and old. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> So there's stores we really must we must not go into. Uh, yeah. You know, there was one other. Just thinking about marketing, there was one other situation at work where we had a an intern from Holland um, who came and worked with us for about a year. Just uh, her her name was Mario, very pleasant girl, and took her to the uh, <clears throat> high V to get kind of situated. Where she she was. I mean, we were responsible for kind of getting her all set up. Yeah. So we were going up and down aisles and. She was picking out different things and that she would need and um, to fill her apartment for the year. And we got to the shampoo aisle, mm. and she was shocked and mesmerized. Apparently, at that time in Holland, you really only had one or two choices for shampoo. It was wow. either for there's like dry seven hair. in my shower right now. Exactly. <laughs> so she was standing there, and there's all these shampoos for varieties of varieties of hair and That's varieties funny. of smell, and so. Before she left then, a year later, she was loading up her suitcase with shampoo. She knew she was not going to be able to have these things that she was now accustomed to. So just silly little things like that to think about how we are not content. Yeah. It's so much easier in America to be discontent. Yeah. Yeah. And we just get mixed up on what is our wants versus what our needs are. I mean, we think that everything is is a need. Yeah. There's a Bible verse that kind of shocked me as we've been studying here that lumps kind of the big sins in with this sin that we're talking about of Mm. envy and greed. Mm. And and it's in a couple places, but I found it in Colossians that said, put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. And then it listed several different things that we would, all of us that have been walking with the Lord for a while would say, well, of course I wouldn't do that. Of course I wouldn't do that. And it's talking about sexual immorality and impurity and passion and evil desire. And then it says that 10th commandment and covetousness. And then it says something even worse, which is idolatry. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> there yeah. you go. That, 
it's crazy that it really does come down to the heart. And as I was, you know, reading these these verses and studying this, it's all about worship and it started out that way. You know, like God God wants and deserves our worship and we that's kind of where that idolatrous and envious heart starts for us. We say that I need this, I want this, I deserve this. So I'm going to do whatever I need to do to get this or to mm. keep this or whatever or to make sure this person doesn't get that mm. or to make them miserable or whatever. But it's only God because he's holy and perfect and good in all of the things that he can be jealous and be be fair and right in in being that. You know, he is the one that deserves and demands our worship and he can do that because he's the best that there is there's nothing better and um it makes me think of that song that we sing at church um jesus is better Mm. and i love that song because it's such like a a heart cry for me because it's like i'm not really here all the time a hundred percent there like to say yep i truly believe that jesus is better than every comfort and every victory and however you know all those lines go but i love that make my heart believe amen jesus i know in my mind that you are better you've said that you're you're better and that all these things one one day are gonna burn up all these things we're trying desperately to clam around and collect you know yeah but it's truly only that relationship with god and worshiping him as the ultimate that's going to fill in those those gaps that we're trying to fill with all of the other stuff that's never going to work. Yeah, yeah. And as you mentioned, God is the only one that deserves that. And when he does use the word jealous mm-hmm. as an attribute of his, it is a, it's, he's worthy of that. And when we define jealousy as, uh, you know, being against a rival, he doesn't look on us um, trying to fill our our little kingdoms with things that will um, elevate us, yeah. he doesn't look on that lightly. He wants he wants the full worship. That's what the first and the second commandments say, and that's when he says, yeah. "I am a jealous God." Yeah, and I. But it's also comforting because we are His. He right. promises to jealously look over us, and there is a. Uh, verse in James that where he talks about where James says he yearns jealously over the spirit that he has made to dwell in you. That's mm-hmm. so comforting. So yeah. not only is this a God who is worthy of our praise, who um, the earth is His and the fullness thereof. I mean, He has the He has the resources yep. to fill our needs, and then He. He yearns over us jealously. He doesn't want us to be following other things that, as you're mentioning, will not will not satisfy. Yeah, it makes me um, think of John ten ten. It's one of my favorite passages. But um, it says the thief, talking about Satan, comes only to steal and kill and destroy. But I, talking about Jesus, have come that you may have life and have it to the full or more abundantly. And that's that's what we're all seeking. That's what every advertisement on TV or on Facebook or whatever, why Amazon is listening in. It's like, mm. what are you missing? What do you think that you're missing? And we're going to make you believe that you are, you're not going to be happy until you have this. And God is like set up the whole world to tell you, 
No, all these things are just bonuses and they're not even that great. And I am amazing. I'm as good as it gets. And you're never going to find joy. You're never going to find satisfaction anywhere else. And yet, like we live in this culture that's so stuff focused and it's temporary. All this stuff is so temporary. And one day we're going to be with this jealous lover of our souls who is like, lavished us Mm. with all the good things just because he can, but not because we need it. Yeah. Yeah. And he doesn't need anything on his end, but he desires that communication with us, that communion with us and our worship. And, and as we worship while we are still here on this side of eternity, um, how much um, joy and contentment we get and, and yeah. part of this is, too, as we know and as we're convicted, and you and I have both said, we were kind of convicted as we prepared this week. Um, it is very cool to realize he not only asks and demands this of us to worship him, but he gives us the ability to do that. Yeah, and the desire. And the desire. Philippians 2 tells us God, it is God who works in you, both to will, mm-hmm. to, to want to do yep. something, and then to actually do it, to work for his good pleasure. So... You know, take heart, listeners, uh, women, that if if it is t- a struggle, if it is taking you time to just walk and and be more and more like Jesus, that he is doing a work in you. Yeah. Um, he promises to complete the work that he started in you. Yeah. And it does take time. But as we walk together um, and um, work together, as we are convicted together, and as we encourage each other, um, we should be just so encouraged that it is a God that loves us that's actually doing the work in us, actually producing the fruit. And I love that you you mentioned together, and you know, so so much of the Christian life is about the unity within that, mm-hmm. and that was part of like my own conviction. You know, just in the last couple of days, is God God zealously wants us to do this his way and his way is the unified way it's it's thinking of one another as more important Mm. and seeking the preferences and the desires of someone else before my own that's philippians 2 like have this mind you know that jesus had that Mm. thought it nothing to be equal with god to have all the stuff to have that that standing and that um that relationship with God and all the things on earth and in heaven that you could ever fathom and way beyond, you know, Jesus had all that and laid it all aside so that we can live this upside down life that sacrifices ourselves for others. And there's joy in that because we don't need the stuff. And when we, when we think bigger and we think about how we're as believers, we're in this together for the sake of, of a a cleaned up unified church that's going to honor and worship God together. And we realize that like this life is just a tiny, tiny, tiny part of it. Like our goal should not be to acquire stuff, but to acquire souls. And that's all that we can take, you know, take with with us us. that doesn't burn up. Um, so I think, I don't know as, I I don't know. I'm I'm at a loss, Deb. It, well, help me out. Well, it's a 
it's a good place to start to say, you know, as we as we come together, as we are unified together, we probably do know that some of us are are um, tired, and we do need to lift each other up yeah. and be of help and encouragement to each other. And one of the verses that I think maybe we can start to end on um, is just Jesus's words, and he he just calls us, even as we might be tired or wondering, you know, how am I ever going to get out of this um, hole that I've built for myself, that where I'm jealous and envious and and any other of my heart issues. And Jesus calls us and just says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Mm. And then I love this next part. He says, take my yoke upon you and then learn from me. For I'm gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy. My burden is light. That's really good. Yeah, ladies, if you're not feeling that way today, let's make sure we're... If you're talking to someone, um, we're working together to um, glorify a God that is worthy of our praise. Yeah. And maybe there's somebody, you know, as we've shared our stories of um, just personal conviction and and how we're trying to be sensitive to the spirit and what um, in the way that we walk out our faith. Maybe someone comes to your mind that you just know, you know, you see him at church and you want to turn away or you... um, you just think you're better than somebody or there's those people that you just uh, just want everything they have because somehow, some way, they just have everything you want and think that you need. And um, that's sin. <laughs> we just need to call it what it is. Um, but there's grace for us. And um, so maybe there's someone this week that you need to reach out to and um, just clear the air and apologize, even though it's something that they can never probably see. Um, because if we don't deal with it at the heart level, that it doesn't stay there. It works itself out in our actions and it goes all the way up to murder. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like that's, that's what the Bible tells us. Maybe it's not a person, maybe it's the stuff and maybe you're putting yourself actively in those positions like the container store or the picker nose yeah. or target or whatever. Um, and you've made an idol of something under under the earth, you know, it, it's never going to satisfy. So, um, yeah, I guess as we wrap up, uh, we just want to help you and encourage you as you become more women, more like Jesus. Thank you for joining us for today's episode. Join us next time as we make it our aim to see more women become more like Jesus. Mm-hmm.